Hello, everyone, and welcome to Janky to the Max, a podcast where we talk about interesting projects and the even more interesting creators who created them. Uh, today on the show, we have two of my fantastic friends, um, Dara and Zach, oh, or as you probably know them online, uh, Gector and Thalia. <laughs> They'll be talking about their uh, a whole, whole variety of projects. It's going to be super interesting. Um, before we get to that, um, we've got a few announcements. First off, Jack, he was on the show. He was actually the first person on the show with the, uh, this discrete computer, which is really awesome. Um, anyways, he's putting on a game jam called uh, Jamcraft, and uh, it's got prizes. So if you're into game development, I'm sure that'd be a f really fun event. Um, go and check it out. We'll put a link in the description. Uh, next up is uh, we're going to have Space Month for the entire month of April. And it so far, it, it, we've got a fantastic guest list. It's going to be so much fun. I'm really looking forward to that. Um, lastly, uh, as always, we record these live. So if you're listening to this podcast, you know, like, subscribe, do whatever. Um, whatever you do there, just show support. And then um, also hop on our Discord server. Um, it's it's a, it's a, always a blast. We always have a great before and after party. Um, but yeah, shop on. Uh, so without any more, um, hey there, Gector and Dahlia. Hey, hello. So, um, so tell us what you're working on. Uh, so let's start off with Gector. Uh, tell us about the ham radio. Oh boy. Uh, <laughs> Um, well, the Hand Radio Project is a really, is a really like, large conglomeration of projects, really. Uh, currently, I'm working on variable frequency oscillator part of it. Um, it's a little controller running a SA5351 um, chip from Silicon Labs. Um, it's... Uh, just a second. It's a, a multi-output clock source. Um, that a lot of people use for different things like intermediate frequencies. You can use it for demodulating um, or modulating signals going in and out of the radio. Um, and so I'm making a little tool for that right now, so it's easier to build the rest of the radio and test things like filters. Right, right okay. now, anyway. Cool. So, so you said there's a group of projects. Why, what yes. Okay, so the whole thing, um, the the idea of like the first radio that we're trying to build is uh, a user-friendly um, technician level. Technician is the first class of ham radio. It's the first license level. Um, and it doesn't give you access to all the bands completely. So the goal of the radio is to make it easy to use Morse code with the computer to send uh, messages on lower frequencies, uh, which work in a um, 600 mile radius when you're pointing basically straight up called NBIS. It's near vertical instant sky bounce. It's basically like bouncing directly off the mirror, um, which is opposed to what you normally do with ham radio, which is send long distance bounces. Um, so like okay. bounce to Japan is one or two bounces off the sky. However, if you're doing NBIS, your bounce is, you know, coming right down next to you. Um, like it'd be covering Oregon and a little bit of California and Idaho, etc. Okay. Um, so wow. That's cool, um, because not everybody wants to talk to somebody in Japan <laughs> or, you know, uh, wherever the, the atmosphere will let you talk. Um, right. Because isn't, just... it, isn't it super dependent on the atmosphere and the, yes. the, the, space what, the weather, the yeah. space weather? Yep. Um, Which so, sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a lot of fun. We've gotten a lot of, uh, I mean, we've found a ton of interesting stuff. We've had a lot of fun. 
Um, but if you want to talk to relatives or something, it's difficult to reliably talk to them. Um, actually, especially when they're nearby because of that whole uh, sky bounce thing. Um, so the whole idea is that it's a, a mid-power radio that's easy to use, it's cheap to make, um, and it works well for technician levels, uh, and there are few frequencies that they're allowed. Oh, and so it would, it would, it's going to send Morse code, which, um, which I assume is then going to be tra- have to be translated right on the other person's computer. Right. Like, so what we have is we have it hooked up to just device, uh, software that other people have made. Like, I don't, I don't really like writing software, so we're trying to make it compatible with existing yeah. software. Um, and we've actually had the whole thing working, but we don't have our own transmission module in it yet. Um, and the tra- transmitter module that we're using is a bit crappy, so we're, we're working on designing our own right now. Um, Ooh, but yeah, you just wow. yeah, you just hook it up to a, a phone or a computer with an aux cable um, and hit go, and it will it'll start transmitting. Um, and we, uh, the receiver is also separate so far. Um, so that's another thing that we've got to combine into one one board. Wow, that... And so how how big is this going to be, like, when, when it's all done? Are we talking... Yeah. Um, we're hoping to make it as small as possible, um, just because that's convenient if you just want to throw it in, like, your, your car's glove box or something. Um, oh, so that small? Yeah, like, well... In the backpack. I, ideally, it would be that small. Of course, we don't actually have the final thing yet, but uh, so far, we're using Surface Mac components for as much as we can, um, and there are MOSFETs specifically... Um, that we're trying to use that are absolutely tiny. Um, the technology is called uh, EGAN or GANFET. Um, I believe it's gallium arsenic nitride um, MOSFET, uh, which has a very low on resistance, which means that you can make the MOSFET really tiny because it's not dissipating a lot of power. It doesn't get hot. Um, and so you can put it right on the PCB instead of on a heat sink. Okay. Wow. Wow, that that's really interesting. Yeah, it and that usually takes up the most room on your board as your as your amplifier um, because everything else is is already really tiny. So essentially, what where you're working on is a project that lengthens the the amount of um, the, the the lengthens the amount you can transmit without having to rely on relay stations through bouncing the the radio waves. Well, right. That's, that's, that that's not a very good way to to, to say it, but sure, well, it's yeah, really yeah. off the off the um, atmosphere, right? Yeah, and to do that so, cheap and fast. Yeah, so um, two meter, which is like the like basically a walkie-talkie um, with more power. Um, those two meter hand handheld radios that I believe you actually own one of them, um, they do not go very far. They go about you know one to ten miles, depending on like uh, how high up you are and much dirt is between you and your end source yeah and how much power they have so if you have a repeater um that's high up you can go from your handheld to a repeater and be able to talk a lot farther um but of course that relies on the repeater being open um and you know actually working Mm -hmm. and that other people are actually listening yeah and that other people are actually listening (laughs) right right that's always a requirement (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so where are you at in this whole project Um, We are working on, I say we because my dad and I are working on this. Um, We are working on developing the VFO, like I said, and he is working on the um, prototyping and manufacturing process. So he's been able to create PCBs with our CNC mill um, by scratching a ink layer and then etching the board, um, which makes really, really precise 
uh, pads and, and uh, wires on a PCB. Um, so he's been experimenting making the amplifier driver. So he's, he's basically made a development board at this, in this point in time. Um, with just the MOSFETs and a anti-phase comparator um, that will drive two MOSFETs opposite each other so you can do a push-pull amplifier. And that's, in, that's intense. Wow. <laughs> so so are you, I, I take it, is this going to be a completely open source project? You're going to like sell the like kits or like what, what's the... I don't know how open source it's going to be. Like I said, this is also uh, partly dad's project and they also mm-hmm. run a family business um, and probably be interested in selling it. So I don't mm-hmm. know how much they'd be willing to open source. Of course, I would like to make as much of the open source as I can and uh, mm-hmm. probably the parts that I work on will be uh, branded under myself and also uh, much of it will be open source. Okay, cool. That's that's, that's really interesting. Um, and the... Talia, tell us a little bit about what you're working on. Goodness. So, by the way, uh, <laughs> if you're wondering, um, they're, they're, they're at uh, a public space, so they're, they're, they have a little bit more of the background noise. Yeah, we're at Sorry, my college currently, so here's a little bit of homework parties going on in the background. Um, Sounds productive. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. So um, I am currently most busy with my Etsy shop, which is um, kind of directed towards selling 3D printed things. Uh, currently, my main um, kind of selling points are 3D printed essential oil holders, because my mom was into all of that uh, essential oil business stuff. So. Um, I've been designing holders and then selling them to a lot of the people who are her customers and whatnot, um, because it's definitely a need in that market. Um, the shop also focuses on 3d printed jewelry. So I design a lot of jewelry, um, and then 3d print it in multiple colors and sell it. Uh, and then one kind of, um, thing that I'm in development of, I haven't actually released it yet is 3d print. Sun you, you, um, you cut out right there. What did you, what did you say? 3D printed what? Uh, art and sun catchers. So like the faux stained glass um, that I yeah, said. So, so in, in the in the before party, um, she sent this, it's it's an amazing picture of uh, is like what Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, it's the stained glass uh, Beauty and the Beast finale um, little picture. So. It, it, yeah, it was, it was incredible. When she said she was working in stained glass, I was just like, okay, this is probably gonna be, you know, so some some pattern with translucent plastic or something. But no, it is a, it is a, it is a pretty <laughs> intricate, detailed picture. Very detailed. That's yeah. really cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that took a while, uh, but what I did was I um, found uh, the picture online, obviously, and then I traced it using Inkscape. Um, and then exported it as an SVG, um, and then I used Blender to turn that into a 3D model, which I then printed on my printer with um, H1 layer translucent backing. Uh, I used Hatchbox filament for everything because they're awesome. Uh, and then I just switched the filaments halfway through, and uh, so it had a little black frame on top for the actual uh, quote-unquote drawing. And then you painted it? Yeah, and then I painted it with acrylic paint mixed with uh, Elmer's washable clear glue. So that makes it more of like an actual like flexible material. 
Okay, cool. Wow, that's that, that that's pretty intense. And, and on top of that, mind you, you're you're going to both of you are going to university, right? Yeah. So I am at university for electrical engineering. Uh, this Etsy shop is how I stay sane in all of the technicalities of school and math. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's definitely my little outlet for staying sane with my creative side. So. Yeah, yeah, that would that that would that would drive me nuts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, are you working on anything else on other than the, the Etsy shop? Yeah. So, um, my spectrum analyzer is another one of those. So, um, the spectrum analyzer is oh my word! I started it like a year ago and I still haven't finished it. But um, what it does is it basically takes in a music input. And I have a little uh, chip, the MSGEQ7. It's a seven band frequency analyzer. So the music input is- Oh, for, um, for, the, audi hold on. for the audience who doesn't know, uh, what, what is a spectrum analyzer? Spectrum analyzer is um, basically, oh boy, how do I explain this? It is a thing that takes an audio input and then outputs the audio waves on a display. So like in, uh, like an LED, uh, rows of LEDs, or uh, sometimes you'll just see them on a screen with the fancy audio waves everywhere. Um, but I'm sticking to just like seven rows of LEDs currently. Um, yeah, so I have a chip that filters uh, the audio into seven different bands uh, and then outputs the uh, audio levels onto the LED panel that I designed, so. Okay. Cool. And where are you at in that process? Um, I have the LED panel designed, um, and I'm working with Gector on the circuit right now. I am not, or it's not done quite yet. So we're still in the design process of kind of uh, making sure the individual parts work before we put it all together. So. Okay. Okay. Wow. That's that's impressive. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Oh, wow. And, and on top of that, you also run the uh, the Thalia tree server, right? I do. Yeah. That has not seen enough of my attention lately, to be honest. <laughs> but yeah, I do run that. Uh, it's it's a community similar to Jay's. Definitely not as big, but still growing. And there's quite a bit of activity on there related to 3D printing and circuits and coding and stuff. Um, so that's yeah, pretty fun. No. Then, I'll, put, I'll put a link in the description. You guys can go and check it out. Cool. cool yeah. In fact, it's actually where, where where the server started. I, I, I was over there and I was like, oh, this is fun. I should <laughs> I should do this myself. Start my own. <laughs> DIY. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely been a fun journey to have both of our servers grow alongside of each other, even if they're uh, not like super interactive together. But, yeah, we, we, I, we like, keep talking about having like a joint yeah. event or something, but it's like, Figuring out what that is. So if you guys can know to figure out some event or something that we could do together, that would be that, that would, that would be, be awesome. Nice. I would love that. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and then like, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> um, I was gonna talk about another project that I had. Oh, go for going it. On. Go for it. Yeah. So I have school projects on top of everything that I'm working on as well. Um, so I'm in a 
currently in a power systems class. So that focuses on uh, fundamentals of motors and generators. And, and PowerPoint? Uh, yes, definitely PowerPoint. <laughs> um, so it focuses on motors and generators, um, also renewable energy. So uh, different, like how all of that works and then how, how the power grid works and how power is transferred oh. from the actual motors and generators to the control systems to our houses and developments. Uh, that, so th that is literally Glavin's job right there, right? Oh, it literally that's awesome. is. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's really cool. Yeah, so that's one of the classes I'm in right now. Um, and our kind of semester project that we just launched was, uh, we're in project teams and uh, we're given the situation that um, we're going to a third world country and the government has kind of put in some flaky systems there. They put in um, a three-phase generator and um, kind of hooked things up, but then they just kind of ditched the third world country. So we're going in hypothetically and then um, fixing up their uh, three-phase. We're going to learn how to balance the loads of, of the needs of the village, depending on what kind of uh, loads that they have there. So we're basically modeling an entire uh, community and then figuring out how to separate phases, balance the loads throughout the day um, and whatnot. So that's the beginning project that uh, I'm doing here at school. Nice. That, 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 that sounds super informative. It's a fantastic really nice. way to go. Yeah. Hands-on. And then there's the capstone going to be where you actually fly out to said theoretical. <laughs> it's it's like, yeah, so, so guys, I got this totally hypothetical situation of a third world country. <laughs> it doesn't exist. It's just purely hypothetical. Anyways, how would you fix this problem? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, definitely not quite, but yeah, it, it is pretty fun. <laughs> oh wow, yeah, that's that sounds like that sounds like a blast. Tarshism's always seemed this seemed interesting. It never seemed interesting. Well, no, that's not true. I just haven't had an excuse to mess with them. So yeah, and probably I I, I won't knowing me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah. Well, let's hope I won't have to worry about messing with power systems. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I mean, it's not ultimately like what I want to do with my career, but it is a really interesting part yeah. of things. Like, I love learning about how, like, electricity is generated and transferred because I've always wondered, but, like, you know, you never really know because it's such an abstract yeah. thing and you take right. it for granted a lot. But actually hearing and learning about how it all works is really interesting. Yeah. Oh my gosh! No, I, absolutely. I actually run into a lot of work uh, with people that are wanting to go off grid. Oh yeah. With their solar, and you know they're used to you know just turn on the light switch and there's lights just turn on. They don't think mm -hmm. about how much wattage is being used for their loads, and so then they're like, well, yeah, I want to you know my huge house. I want to have it all off grid. I'm like, buddy, you've got a 200 amp service coming to your house and your electric bills are through the roof. Yeah. Do you understand how much battery power you're going to need just to keep up with this? Yeah. Not to mention that's a lot of money to install for like solely solar yes. to provide for that many loads. I think the last system that someone was really serious about, but didn't understand just how much it was going to need I think we quoted mm -hmm. them almost like half a million dollars for their system. Oh my yeah. gosh. But yeah. it was a big house. I was just 
<laughs> like, I don't think it's feasible. <laughs> wow. It's <laughs> crazy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's coming from the person who actually lives complete, almost completely off-grid. Right. Wow. That's awesome. That's impressive. <laughs> yes. Isn't it? That's really cool. This, this is a subtle plug for episode two, where we <laughs> talk all about Glavin and his amazing uh, off-grid house. Yeah, I want to go listen to that now. <laughs> it's pretty cool, but it's not. It's definitely not for everyone, and it does require a lifestyle change. Oh yeah, but still cool. Oh yeah, <laughs> I, I would, I would do it again if I had generators for enough wood. Huh? Yeah, wait, you have generators if you have enough wood? No, no, we've got generators to run off of wood. Like, like off of fire. Woodworks. Wait, wait, so, so oh, yeah, tell, tell us about that. That sounds really interesting. <laughs> we haven't worked on that over a while, but Dad especially likes working with gas fires. Um, so he's made some charcoal-making tools, like burners and, and sifters and stuff. And uh, one of the things he's developed is a little uh, charcoal-burning or uh yeah charcoal burning gas fire um basically made out of propane tanks and pipes and uh, a water cooler for making wood gas that can just be fed into a, a, a gas uh Wait, wood gas yeah what is that it's a uh, gas from wood <laughs> <laughs> it's basically where you heat up wood without it igniting yeah without and... burning it because the, the wood's not actually what's flammable on wood it's the gas right. that comes that's released from it being hot yeah. that's why you can burn tinder burns real easily, but a tree trunk just will not burn without being hot, hot for yeah. a long period of time because it takes that heat to get the gas to become to begin to separate. Yep. Yeah. I have I not known this before. This seems like it's a fact I should know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure I've talked about this before. <laughs> not well, I, I remember you talking about the, the 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 forges and everything, which is really interesting. But I I didn't don't remember the. Uh, the word gas, but that, yeah. okay, wow. It, that's it makes really about, cool. uh, I want to say 600 watts with the generator we had. Um, For how but, many trees? How many trees a watt? Uh, you see how many trees? Yes. Like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> a 16th of a tree in one day? I don't know. Okay, alright. So how long would that be before the Amazon rainforest? <laughs> That's it, it would be an instant amount of time because the trees would go back in time. Uh, wow. Okay. That. Wow. That that that, seems, that's, that's an ambitious project, but. Wow. Uh, he's, he's got a couple prototypes working. That's another thing that they've thought about selling. But Dad just likes doing that kind of thing. He's also built steam engines and another wacky stuff like that. Yeah. Wow. That. Yeah, you, got, you always have so much stuff going on in that farm. It, it's like, uh, he. Ha all right, I just gotta say, he has the coolest, one of the coolest shops I've seen. They've got like everything from a plasma cutter to like, uh, you got a packaging machine. They got forges. I mean, they they got it all decked out. It's it's like a DIYer's <laughs> heaven over there. It is pretty fun. It's a mess, but it's fun. I mean, that, that's just grand for any environment in which work is getting done it's gonna be a mess not necessarily <laughs> not as bad as it is have you seen einstein's office i i haven't actually look at pictures it, it, okay. it's it's uh or just look at my desk that sounds kind of good yeah that, that works too <laughs> oh boy 
<laughs> no, look at my desk. Your desk is horrifying. Yeah, your desk is frightening. <laughs> I don't even want to, me. to look even at your to desk. Me. Yeah, and, and he's bad enough. <laughs> for anyone listening for context, um, we are engaged. Yeah, so we're... we're yes. We're, we're the nerd love couple. The nerd love couple. <laughs> I, think, I think that's what's called a power couple. <laughs> ah, right. Oh, oh. Right, I'm the amps, she's the volts. There you go. <laughs> that's, that'd nice. be a perfect corny, like, uh, couple's t-shirt. There you go, yeah. <laughs> that would be awesome. Oh, my word. Totally doing that now. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give, I'll give it to you as a, as a wedding gift. How about that? There oh, you no. go. That's perfect. I would love that. Oh, no. <laughs> you and I can work on that, Jay, and then we'll surprise. Yeah, so radios. We'll, we'll surprise that. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice, nice topic change there. <laughs> you know, the thing about getting back to radios, um, what's some of the most inter- interesting communications you've had with talking to people on these ham radios? For me, we went mushroom hunting one time in their forest woodsy place and we had our ham radios it was him and all of the his siblings and plus ones and we were out walking and um all of a sudden someone came up on our ham radio as we were like talking to each other on he's like hey are you guys out looking for mushrooms (laughs) and he was like trying to figure out where we were and telling us the best place to find mushrooms not not (laughs) like not like hallucinations they're, just, they're like just, soup mushrooms yeah they're really good i think they're chanterelles yeah nice that would so, be the most amusing one yeah for me but uh, dara's also talked to truckers and stuff yeah um i haven't talked to a lot of people honestly i've tried um a lot of two meter but my car radio needs some help because uh, it's a cheap chinese radio um i think some of the some of this cool stuff is just seeing how many places we get to with automated yeah. protocols um because some of the protocols you just kind of hit go on and they just um basically ping people for you mm-hmm. so it, it says hello the person says hello and then you both log the hello and then you and then you uh, go talk to someone else and we've gotten some really cool places um, like iceland like i said japan um uh, south korea stuff like that another like south oh, american nice. country one yeah yeah there's some really cool places so you get, you oh get some um, and range satellites i gotta say satellites have been one of the coolest things that we play oh, really? oh yeah what kind of satellites tell us about that um they're called cubesats um there's they're just like uh sometimes um companies that launching rockets will fill extra space in their um payload with like schools um satellites they're basically really, really tiny satellites with really little tiny um, solar panels that have almost no power, um, but their trajectory is known, they're tracked, and so you can look, look up a database of CubeSats and then try are. to catch a signal from one um, and, you know, like, see what the temperature is, see what its GPS position is, see, what's, uh, see what other things are <laughs> happening with it. You can, oh, my gosh. Wow. Yeah, That's it's really fun. That is so cool. Oh my some, of them, some of them work as repeaters too, so you can uh, talk from space to somewhere else. Oh, nice. Now, we never got it, that working, but. <laughs> does it require more power to try and talk to a satellite that's in space versus another uh, receiver that's on the ground? 
No, not really, actually. It's more about your antenna quality than actually how much power you have. We were able to do a little bit with just the five watt radios. Of course, if you have more power, there's more room for error, but um, we, again, we, we had way more uh, dependency on our on our directional antenna on how it was pointed and stuff. Like, if you were off by just a little bit, nothing would happen. Gotcha. Yeah. So it kind of needs more of like a directional satellite versus just a wire? Yeah, so we, we had a Yagi antenna, um, which I think Jay has done some oh, stuff yes. with. Yeah. Yes, I, I, um, I tried to make a prototype, but that failed miserably. Oh, surprise, surprise. oh no. <laughs> I mean, there are plans you can follow. We, we built one that works pretty well. Um, but but uh, they're highly directional antennas, but not as good as like a dish or a, like, a, like a mesh antenna or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So how do you go about trying uh, to a- angle one of these satellites? Is it something that requires like some motors to really get some high precision, or do you just trial and error? You you can, of course, motorize it, but uh, the tracking database just tells you what part of the sky it's going to be in, and you just point it at that sky and try to track it manually. Gotcha. <laughs> what's, what we, what's the tracking database called? Um, oh, G-Predict is the one I've been using. I get it on Unix systems, yeah, I think. Or Linux systems. Yeah. Which is the only correct operating system, as we all know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Oof>. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm not worried about the coronavirus. I run Linux. Oh. <laughs> wow. Oh. <laughs> so I, I remember you guys earlier saying that uh, there seems like there's some licensing that's required for using a ham radio. Can you tell us a little bit about the legal requirements for using ham radio systems? Um, yeah, so there are different classes. There's uh, technician, um, general, and extra. Um, there's only three now. There used to be more. Um, technician is the first level. It's really easy to test into. Like, just about anybody easy. can do it. <laughs> um, general is the next one up, and extra is the highest class. General and extra are very similar. Extra just gives you a little bit more frequencies that the generals don't have, so that like if a band is full, you still have somewhere to talk. Um, and the tests, of course, get more difficult as you go up. However, the tests are public, which means all of their answers and questions are published online. Um, and basically, the only difficulty is trying to memorize all 900 of them. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's um, but when I studied for my extra exam, which is what I am, uh, I basically just read half of the questions and, and uh, their answers. And um, that was most of my studying. We did have the study book, um, but... Uh, a lot of the study I did was just reading the questions. Study book is more helpful for like when you're actually working on something and you need a question answered. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So um, I didn't learn as much as I could if I just used the study book, but I was able to pass the extra extra test. Nice. So if you just like want to get a ham radio license and not super worried about knowing everything about ham radio, it's really easy to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, is there, also... is there some cost that goes that's involved in? as far as getting these tests or is it something that you can just do freely? Um, there's the only cost is like the testing costs and it's, it's like 10 to $15, I believe. Okay. Yeah, so quite it, reasonable. You usually, you usually go to somewhere like in your area. Yeah. Clubs um, do the tests. Yeah. The local ham clubs will put on the tests and then fill out, you'll fill out paperwork. You'll pay them. You'll take the test and then they'll tell you whether you passed right then and there. Uh, and then usually you'll wait like, about a week, and then you'll get your call sign. Yeah, if, if you don't have a call sign yet, it'll take uh, usually a week or more to get it. Nice. 
Now, yeah. for the call signs, do you get to make those on your own to make a custom one, or is one provided for you? You can make a custom. You can, like, request after you've gotten. If you're it. extra. If you're No, you can do it. You can uh, get a... Um, extras are guaranteed some ability to, to yeah. get a custom That's call true. sign. Uh, I think you have to apply as a general or a technician to get a custom mm -hmm. call sign. I wasn't where you do that. I'm pretty sure you can because yeah, I, I, I looked at that. Oh. Um, <laughs> uh, but there are still rules to follow with the call signs. Um, yes. So they all end up sounding fairly similar. Okay. Um, can you give us an example of what they sound like? Say uh, again? Can you give us an example of what a call sign would be like? Uh, my call sign is kj 7 <laughs> What? Oh my gosh. Wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. Um, what is your yeah, call so sign again? My call sign is just some letters and numbers. It's KJ7AGP, and that's what most of them are like. Yeah, and since okay. we got them together, mine is KJ7AGN, so ours are really close. <laughs> oh, nice. Makes it easy to remember. Yeah. Yep. Oh, that's super cool. Yeah, so the, tech, the technician level gives you higher frequencies like 2 meter, 70 centimeter, um, stuff like that. And then the other classes give you lower frequencies as well, which are uh, that longer range thing I was talking about. And um, there's a lot of different rules for the frequencies, especially as a technician. Like mm -hmm. the lower frequencies that you can use as a technician, you can only use Morse code on most of them. Um, oh. Yeah. So it, it's supposed to like make you want to learn Morse code and use the lower frequencies, but it just sends up nobody uses the lower frequencies. <laughs> gotcha. Now, with there being a different type, different ranges of frequencies, do you find that some are better for certain applications due to weather conditions and range? Yeah, absolutely. Um, the frequency you're using will change quite a few things. Uh, like I said, the bounce specifically will change, um, and. Also, the daytime-nighttime propagation will change because of the layers of the atmosphere. Um, I believe it goes from DEF uh, layers of the atmosphere to EF. I don't really remember. I'd have to look that up. Um, but the different wavelengths will penetrate those layers of the atmosphere differently. Um, so you'll get uh, different kinds of bounce with the different frequencies. And so does the, does the higher frequency tend to get you like a more data, but over a shorter, more clarity, but like over a shorter distance, and then a lower frequency gets you longer range? Yeah, so you don't get a whole lot of bandwidth with the lower frequencies. It's um, usually not much more than three kilohertz of bandwidth. Um, but with the higher frequencies, I, I think you can use, I don't know what the max is, but it's quite a bit more because you're, you're first off using FM, which is way more than three kilohertz. I think it's six kilohertz and up. Mm -hmm. um, and also the data, the data protocols are more lax. Like you can use more of them on the higher frequencies. Mostly because the higher higher bands are more open and the lower ones are less open. Like nobody's really around, you know, 400 megahertz. There's a lot of room to play with up there. But if you're on like 10 megahertz, there's not a whole lot of room. Gotcha. Neat. Yeah. Wow. That's fascinating stuff. Um, should probably uh, let you guys go. Got a busy busy day. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, so I I'll put the the link to the Discord in the description. Are there any other uh, things you want to plug? Obviously, your Etsy store. Um, yeah, I, I can send you the link, and you're welcome to put it in the description. <laughs> any any other plugs you'd like to make? Any books you've written? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I haven't written any books yet. Not yet. Sadly. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> put a right. plug in for our wedding and say, come, come visit and give us a ham radio. <laughs> buy us electronic components for our registry. They'll put a shopping list in the description. Wow. <laughs> they'll, they'll, they'll probably be, are you just, for, is your wedding, what, is your wedding, does DigiKey even have a wedding registry? I, I mean, they have a bomb. We could make a, reg- a wedding you, bomb. There you go. And that's a <laughs> BOM, like, bill of materials, not like... Yeah. Like, no, no. No, like, no. <laughs> just, just want to make that clear for our <laughs> listeners. Important we're gonna, distinction. <laughs> yeah, we're going to go out with a bang. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Um, yeah, I think... Yeah. All right. Well, thanks. Thanks for hopping on the show. Yeah, thanks oh, for having us, Jay. Thank you. Fantastic. Yeah, that was awesome. really fun. Yeah, no, these are, these are always a blast. Um, anyways, uh, stay tuned, and um, for whatever project you're working on, remember everyone, keep it janky to the max. <laughs>